so anyway, that's why they called me the Adam Sandler of Games Media, and that's why I burned their country club to the fucking ground. Welcome to Podquisition, everyone. I'm your host, Jim Sterling, and I'm joined, as ever, by the bubbly, by the soapy, by the Alka-Seltzer-y Laura Gate. Dale, hello! Hello! At least two of those adjectives are probably accurate, because... Immediately before recording this show, I spent like an hour and a half in the bath. It was lovely. Oh, that I felt, yeah, I felt great. like he was leading back into effervescent again there. Yeah, I, I, I feel uh, yeah, like you were I, trying to avoid it at the end. You're like, quick, what word can I use that's not effervescent? Exactly. I was trying to come up with new words for you because I, as a creative, I don't like to stay in a rut. So I thought, let's not use effervescent. Let's say Alka-Seltzer and then append some sort of desperate descriptive to the end of that word. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm not afraid of staying in a rut because today I wrote again about butts because, you know, nothing like finding a thing that works and sticking with it. <laughs> I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that. That worked for the Fast Show for literally 27 years. I don't know how long <laughs> the Fast Show lasted. I, I tried watching an episode a while back. It's uh, It's a watch. Um, little, little, also, little Britain had three jokes that it reused over and over for years as well. Little Britain was was tragic. You, I, you could I watch one, one episode of Little Britain and know what all the sketches are for the whole season. Yeah, I I stuck with it with with two seasons. There was enough nuance and Anthony Stewart head going on that, and Tom Baker, of course. Um, there was a great bit where Tom Baker just said. Uh, Put your hand in there and get your old dad some nuts. That might have been on the radio show, but um, it was a line that stuck with me. Um, get your old dad some nuts. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, so season one, season two, I stuck with it. I'm actually on the laugh track for season one of Little Britain because I went oh. to see. Oh yeah, yeah, I went to see all of the 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 Daffid sketches, the only gay in the village sketches. I saw all of those live. Um, I'm in the audience. You can very briefly see me on a DVD extra wearing a <laughs> League of Gentlemen doll scum t-shirt. Oh my god, um, how did they never briefly. know this? Yeah, yeah, some of my laughter is in there. Um, especially when there's a line where he says, the path is very treacherous, which me and my friend Leo, we like to just laugh at things that other people don't find funny. Uh, and we found the inflection of treacherous hilarious. So uh, any laughter that comes in that line, that'll be me and my mate Leo. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I was a, a huge fan of Lucas and Williams. Hello, Gavin, by the way. Um, funnily enough, I was about to introduce you, uh, and then you actually interjected, to, and, and Little Britain came up, and then I went off on a whole thing. Well, see, uh, here's, that, here's the thing. Considering Gav's not been here for three weeks, we had to get, like, three weeks' worth of not introducing him on time, <laughs> you know, just add it all together. Well, that, that would be an entire podcast. <laughs> oh, that is true. That is true. Um, but I, long story short, season three of Little Britain, I caught one episode and was like, what the fuck happened? I actually it's like they was got there. drunk I, off their own success. Yeah, I actually was there the last two weeks, everyone. It's just they <laughs> talked over me so much that I didn't get a single word in. That's what actually happened. Yeah. Um, Gav's been away uh, getting internet set up and stuff because no. internet things happen. He has good internet. He has good internet now. I'm, his, I'm doing... his, his house upgraded the internet from the bad one to the good one. Oh, I'm doing a, doing a little studio upgrade is what I'm doing. 
That's good. That's good. That's yeah. good to do. I know I'm in dire need of it. I'm, I'm in need of some fucking fibre to come this way because if I have to watch substandard definition when I'm trying to watch Hell in a Cell live and it doesn't... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it gets HD for the main event when everyone's gone to fucking bed on this goddamn street of broadband hogs! <laughs> then uh, it's fine. But uh, anyway, um, you can't watch as that I was in, saying... In sub HD. It's, it's, there, there's it's a quote difficult. that uh, my girlfriend remembers me going and she said it's one of the most funniest, stupidest things she's ever seen is me recoiling in horror at her suggesting <laughs> we watch um, Panic Room DVD. I was like, I am not watching Fincher in 480p. Ugh. <laughs> it's See, hard. I've, I mean, I've, I've become too much of a snob now. Like now that I live in a place with fiber internet, forever this is going to be a requirement when I move is like am I moving to a place where I can guarantee I can get a fibre internet connection because if not that place is off the table I'm not moving honestly the next time I move I might be looking into the same thing especially in America because these rusty broadband infrastructures (laughs) they have here that they've never had to change because they've all got de facto fucking monopolies on everything Um, it, it's fucking shameful. It's, it's a life changer if you work on the web. Like even something as simple now as last night, I was downloading um, Lord of the Loot Boxes and something that I'd usually have to leave overnight for like eight or nine hours downloaded in one hour. And I was just, this is insane. Nice. 60 gigs in one hour. This is going to be life changing. <laughs> I remember when I was downloading Neo on the PS4 in order to cut the download time from 70 plus hours I had to drag the ethernet cable out of my office into the main room and yank wow. it into the PS4. It's, it's so nice when you have like, oh this game is like 40 gig. Oh yeah, like, you know, like 45-50 minutes, you'll have it, you'll have it in oh, under an hour. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. Oh, I know, just yeah. just come move into my house Jim, it's fine, you can All share right. my internet connection, it's great. I'll come live with you and then, can I, can I have stuff in your fridge or not? Um, I, I'll give you like Two two shelves in the fridge. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Do, do you want the I top get to two or the bottom up. two? Oh, top two or the bottom two? Um, bottom two. Uh, if I leave my stuff to go gross, this will go trip down onto yours now. You've, you've, you've made your bed now, Jim. Uh, it's a trickle-down fridgeonomy. That's the problem <laughs> with that. Uh, so this week's going to be a weird week for the podcast because, like, We've hit the point in the year where there's just AAA games coming out every single week and there's not going to be any more news this year because this oh yeah, cause it's happens all about the every games. year. It's, yeah, it's, it's AAA season. AAA release window. AAA season passes more like. Oh, <laughs> fun. Yeah, so, like, where we all get to choose whether we want to buy the shell of a game or the complete edition for $100. <laughs> uh, the choice is yours. Because it's oh, all about player choice. Oh my god! Can I tell you the best uh, story, news story we have about that this week? Because there's a beautiful news story about oh, incomplete games. Please. So, as of today, on recording this, GameStop is the American retail one. That that's GameStop, not Spot, right? Uh, yes. Ga- no, okay. Ga- GameStop is the store. Okay. Yes. Okay. So GameStop, the store have started putting up adverts online, like these sort of animated adverts for for buying Assassin's Creed Origins with them and specifically for pre-ordering it through them. And I'm going to describe this advert if you've not yet seen it to either of you, Mm, because it's... I I think I've seen it. Are you aware of of this this advert, Gav? No. Okay, so I will describe it to you. 
open with an image of Assassin's Creed origin, you know. Your hero is climbing a pyramid, it all looks very cool. And then out of nowhere, a very goofy, confused-looking camel pops up into frame, and he's like, What? I can't have the full game! Why can't I have the full game? And then it goes to a page that shows you Assassin's Creed Origins. Content locked if you don't pre-order it from us. Unbelievable. And it's just really in your face. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's really in your face. It's just we uh, like there is content. uh, Like rather than saying you get bonus content if you pre-order from us, they're literally just framing it as content's blocked off. You want it? Pre-order it, you fuck. Yeah, like I can only assume. There are three options here. Either the game industry has just gotten so fucking confident that it's got everyone hook, line, and sinker and that we're all idiots um, that they don't need to bother hiding it anymore. That they can straight up tell you content is locked unless you buy it a certain way. So much like they, they can choice. literally say, we're holding it hostage, buy it before you know if it's good or They're not. They're basically saying they could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and still be elected president. That's basically <laughs> the video game equivalent of that statement. The other option is there's someone at GameSpot who is sick of this shit as much as I am and <gasps> oh thought they'd be sni- like snidey about it. And and do this on purpose. And if that were the case, salutations, I, hero. I never thought of that idea that this was like an inside hit job from someone that's trying to tear down pre-order Yeah, not bonuses. likely, but, but a possibility. And the other pop- <laughs> possibility, probably the most likely one, is that the video game industry and GameSpot by extension are just fucking clueless and tone deaf and don't know what the fuck they're saying. Yeah. My, my money, if I were to bet on it, would go on number three, but I'd always oh, be hoping yeah, yeah. for number two. It, it is, like, it's no different to any previous game. It's just the most... The most obvious in-your-face marketing I think I've ever seen for that, where they are just... It's the most honest. I'll say that. It's the most honest, but it's also, like, to be that honest and to still expect people to pre-order the game from Mm. you, you have to expect very little of your customers. If there's one thing we learned this year, it's that people prefer honest cuntbaggery than... You know, trying to be a good person. Well, one thing I've <laughs> I... always said on the Jimquisition is I would have a lot more. I'd still complain, but I'd have a lot more respect for some of these slimy-mouthed toads if they would just if they drop the player choice bullshit. If they drop their oh, this just gives you a chance to save time bullshit. And if they just said. We want more money. So, give. I was so, and that I respect. I was so close to having that respectful attitude to this and being like, "Oh, you're actually being really upfront about it." I, I guess okay. Thank you for at least being upfront about it. Until I looked down the bottom of the advert where they still have their GameStop tagline: "Power to the power players." Power to the players. Which it's power <laughs> to the players that choose to pre-order for it from us and put their money down before they know if the game's good or well, not. Power to I mean, those players. Let, let, let's be honest here. When they use the word players, they're not talking about players of games. They're talking about players of the fucking wider game that is market manipulation and industry bullshit. And in which case, we're talking about publishers and GameSpot. Power to the players of the Game of Thrones. That's the full fucking sentiment. That that's what power to the players means. It ain't talking about us. It's talking about them, the ones playing us. 
I'm going to remember all this for a video tomorrow. <laughs> Gavin, how do you feel about about the the idea of content and just a company being like, yeah, fuck you. You want this content? Pre-order from us, bitch. Uh... Well, I'll tell you what. Let's. This is a good opportune time to talk about something because I believe Gav wanted to at least bring this up in, uh, not in, in in hugely specific terms, but we did say don't fuck about on social media when it comes to Gav and Ubisoft. Am I right in thinking you wanted to bring this up, or is well, this something we that said- went half cocked on and and we want to cut out? No, what we said was, uh, yeah, we said like. I won't specify which publisher it was, and I'm not sure this is 100%, and it's certainly not company-wide, but there is a publisher who a couple of their social media stuff, uh, I'm blacklisted from being retweeted by them or being on their social media because of this podcast, which is why I really, again, have to discourage this whole stupid Gav hates Ubisoft meme. So, again... Yeah, we've not done that... On I'm here not, for months. I'm not going to say what publisher it was because I don't want to do name and shame and because I don't want to completely fuck the relationship up I had with them. <laughs> yeah. But can people just not do that? Yeah. All right. Just, yeah. Like, that. there's a certain difference between, like, haha, we're making a joke in this closed ecosystem versus tagging companies and being like, oh, this person said on this podcast that they hate you. Uh, yeah. And also, yeah. I don't know, it's like, it's obviously just going to come with the territory here that, like, my take from the industry is so different to you guys. And, like, there is there are going to be moments where people will just associate me with the things that you say, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's a tricky thing. I mean, yeah. I've said before, like, I, I, I always try and warn people, like, working with me, especially on a podcast, is a, it's a gamble. It, it, it's a gamble, and and it's one that I try and mitigate the risks of. And I don't want, you know, a fun podcast that we do to cause trouble for people. Um, that kind of shit, um, you know, listeners, fans of the show, sort of trying to join in, taking it too far. Um, that's what stopped me working with Jonathan Holmes for several years, you know. That's what stopped me basically doing podcasts with Jonathan Holmes ever again. Uh, one of my favourite people in the industry to work with. Um, it's because people you know, got I found way this too guy, into the yeah, jokes, yeah. Yeah. I found this guy that sounds a lot like him. Uh, it has the same first name, but he has no surname. Um, mm. And he and I are working on a video show called The Loose Boys, but um, he he would like to be referred to as Just Jonathan because, that first of all, that is canonically his, his name. He is Just Jonathan. And second of all is... Uh, we don't want this shit. To, we don't want people taking the jokes all super far. Yeah. Um, and you we've especially... stopped it with the Gav hates Ubisoft thing. We stopped it months ago because of potential trouble. It embarrasses me when someone who is a friend of mine, who I am doing um, a show with, is being adversely affected by their association with me. I take that as a personal, professional embarrassment. Um, I understand some people are gonna like are gonna like the sound of that and cause trouble just to cause trouble, uh, but I do believe that a lot of people their hearts are in the right place. They just want to join in, mm. but cool it, cool it, just just be chill for like a second, for like for like a second though, like just chill it out. 
Yeah, just, I mean, by all means, join in, but just don't fucking, you know... You don't need to add companies in the joke. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to to make that particular joke because it's not fucking... At the very least, (laughs) at at the most basic, you don't need to add companies in and insult them on our behalf. For a... If for nothing else, the fact that I will at companies myself and insult them and mean it, you don't need to do it for a joke. Yeah. If you want to see if you want to see someone slag off Ubisoft on Twitter, you want to see someone slag off EA on Twitter, I'll do it myself and rope them in plenty of times. I've done it before and I'll do it again. So do we? Do we want to speaking? Oh, 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 quick, quick. Uh, sorry, this actually just reminded me. Speaking of me and my industry collusion, oh yeah, uh, oh. the game that I've done the song for got a release date, December first. Nice. Ooh, which one's that? Uh, On the seven. first day of Christmas. Seven. The day's long gone, and that's going to be out December first, and it's available now on GOG to pre-order. Oh no! Oh no! Even worse. If, we, if, we, if we don't pre-order it, will content be held away from us, and we will be mocked for not pre-ordering it and not getting the content? Content locked. No. Well, that's that's good. That's uh, good. See, I don't. Here's the thing. Because people brought this up because we released some new t-shirts. By the way, go to sharkrobot.com and look up the Jimquisition merch store to buy your very own Amiel Duardcore t-shirt right now for pre-order. Um, not my decision on the pre-order thing. It's a small print company, not a multi-million dollar corporation. At some point, there are there are acceptable well, pre-orders. I'm not total biscuit. I, will I don't say there's have also, a, a house motto that says yeah. we do not pre-order. There's also, my house motto is Monday is coming. <laughs> there's also a difference there that like a t-shirt, you can see a picture of the t-shirt and know what you will get when the t-shirt arrives. Whereas a video game is a complex thing that has a lot of words required to tell you what it is. And as such, you might want to wait until you know whether the game is good or not before you purchase it. Whereas a t-shirt you can look at and go, okay, I know whether that t-shirt will be one I want to wear or not. Yeah. Also, speaking of collusion, I got some collusion of myself to announce. I can announce it now. I might have been able to announce it last time as well, but I can't remember. But uh, just, just to... Let people know, if you're a fan of Cyanide and Happiness, the webcomic that uh, even your mum's probably shared on Facebook at least once, uh, they've got a, a game coming out. They had a, uh, I think they're still doing a Kickstarter campaign. I can't remember if it's run out now or not. Um, but I will be doing voice acting in the Cyanide and Happiness video game. Um, very, very excited about that. Cyanide and Happiness, of course, is a... Very funny webcomics, had some really big hits, and I'm not, we're not quite decided what role I'll be playing yet. Um, I do know that uh, when I was approached about it, someone uh, did bring up that the Cornflake homunculus could be roped in. Um, I'd, <laughs> I'd maybe like more of a gig than just going, oh, but I, I'll do whatever's <laughs> required of me, you know. Uh, such is one who suffers for their art. I mean, Frank Welker made a tidy little profit doing nothing but dog noises for The Simpsons, so who knows? But but that's going on. That's exciting. Also, I'm not doing game reviews anymore. Check out thegymquisition.com for that. I won't uh, go into huge amounts of detail here, but we're doing Jimpressions as Jimquisition branded stuff. Um, it'll be more casual, laid back, less stress for me. Aha, one um, less... Wh- 
piece of competition for me to fight against. One last against. piece of competition <laughs> for Laura to fight against. She's now, you know, video game reviewer premiere. Um, less hassle for me. More coverage of games for you. Uh, read the post about it. It'll explain things. Um, a Shadow of War video will be up by the time... The, well, the first Shadow of War video up will be up by the time you hear this. And I am pretty excited about that. It gives me more time to do things like Stardust, which we're filming this week. Ha, I have to the, peel a lot of spandex around my tits. The photos I've seen of that spandex look like something to <laughs> behold. Oh, you should you should try wearing... Well, I mean, you shouldn't try wearing that one because it would swallow a normal person in spandex <laughs> like a like a stretchy sarlacc. That's fine. But, I'll, um, I'll make like a nice video game reviewing tent inside of it. There, there we are. I, it's yeah. Normal human beings can tent quite nicely in this. Um, I mean, I, I wore it and I tented instantly. Uh, it's a very fine costume. Um, there, there'll be uh, details on on that, and hopefully this Monday we'll, we'll be doing the Stardust thing, which is really, honestly, just me fucking about because wwe copyright claimed me a couple times i think that's all that you really want though isn't it to have an excuse to fuck around in latex like what what more does anyone want in life i mean that's how commentsocracy started that was just part of a lifelong dream to have an excuse to wear a powdered wig and go (laughs) and now i'm living that dream And not having to spend hours and hours out of my day rushing through games to beat them for a scored review that will be forgotten in a week and people won't appreciate anyway and they'll DDoS my website over. It uh, gives me more time for things like Commentocracy, the upcoming Loose Boys, and some other series ideas that we're sort of keeping on the down low because that, that, yeah, we don't want them over-announced. But uh, me and Justin are... Uh, getting overly excited about some of the things we want to do. So I'm really happy with the way things are going, and that's that. Um, Woo! Duke Amiel is actually something that pops into my head now so often when I see tweets <laughs> as replies. I, like, I, that's been Laura, part of my Laura, hope. I imagine, had the same experience with her Cuphead uh, oh, article. God, yeah. Because I mentioned that game on Twitter and had all these, like, badasses... Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. badasses going, little baby can't play the hard game, needs a casual game. So, and I was just like, oh, look, this is gold I had the best week with that this week because, like, short version, uh, PewDiePie took my article about Cuphead, stripped all the context, context out and just put a headline up and misrepresented what it was and spent, like, five minutes having a laugh about it. And every time I got tweets, I just sent people back the uh, these games are for big boys only gif. And it just made me feel so much better. To just Is that like, gif in the Twitter key? Um, the I, Twitter I, I don't know, but I have thing. it saved on my Someone, desktop. Somebody please put that these games are for big boys only gif in the, the, the Twitter one, because that needs to be a thing I can respond to people with. Uh, that, yeah. That's been my hope is that Amiel over time like we, we, we're slowly building he's had a really good strong debut and i think he can climb higher and become more well known as a character but it is my hope that that you know a year from now whenever there's some smug asshole acting like a tit because they were told by marketing that a game is hard and they instantly bought into the hardcore game of bullshit um, that Amiel becomes the thing that's in people's minds, and Amiel yes, but, gives but, but other Jim, the standard response. Jim, Gav, 
if, if a video game is hard and you do not like the way they implemented that difficulty, then you are bad at games. Even if you complete yep. the game, oh. even if you complete the game and don't find it particularly difficult to do, if you don't like the way they did the difficulty, oh, you're bad at games. And remember, but, but, but if you're not good time, at games, like, you have no worth as a human being. To me, it's the assumption that being bad at games matters. That's yeah. The funny, that's yeah. the funny part. One of my early, early Doom positions, too early to even be remastered by Justin because it would require an entire rewrite and redo because this was like pre-escapish stuff, um, is one that I really want to redo, which was, I think it was just titled like, No One Cares How Good You Are At Games. And and really reiterated that, that you really do just come across as, as an, in- you come across as incompetent the more you bang on about how great you are at games. It just speaks to a deficit in other factors of your fucking life. Um, yeah, and, but Jim, and I'm not saying that it's bad to, I'm average at best, yeah. average at and best, it, you know what? depending it's on cool. the game. It's cool to be proud if you've like put time into your hobby exactly. and got good at it. But when you're using that to, um, to when you're put using yourself that to above people worth. who aren't or don't have mm-hmm. that kind of time to put into a hobby, then you're a poopy yeah. pants. It's like, be proud of the, the things you've accomplished in games. Some of them are very hard. There are games yeah. that, you know, people have seen me play games. I'm, I'm at, like I say, average below average at best sometimes there's a game i play that i dedicate some time to and start to get really good at i'm not the kind of guy who can just pick up a game and be good at it but if i've got enough time to just like practice it um i do all right it was like that star wars battlefront like i played it enough times so i was like shit i'm actually doing really good at this now and i was proud of that and i'm like hey hooray that's awesome i i I feel good doing it but i don't tie myself worth to it yeah, and I strut around the house like Elvis every time I remember that I got my high club achievement in COD 4, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, these little things are good. That It's positive to feel good about it, but some of these people, you just get the sense they're not even feeling good. No. Like, there's no pleasure in it. In It's just this... They, they use it as punishment for beating. others instead of reward for themselves. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the perfect way of putting it. And if anyone is frustrated with uh, Cuphead elitists, which I know I have been, they've been particularly insufferable. Mm. Um, then it's not Cometocracy, a hard game. Eh. Oh, it's not that hard. Uh, Cometocracy this Thursday is for you. Uh, because our Cuphead special is, Mm. well, it was a lot of fun, exhausting, but it was a lot of fun to film. Um, I just think, you know, I think it's very fitting that the main character in that game is a little boy with an empty head. (laughs) 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 Um, It's a shame because the game itself is pretty fun. Um, It is tough. It's, it's, It's a tough game. It's a... You know, it's got that sort of run you know, gun, sort of, oh, wow, this is sort of overwhelming me sort of thing to it. It's, um, it's not the kind of game that I personally feel like I could be adequate enough to do, like, some mm. big official review of. Um, and I've honestly, like, the way people have acted about the game have made me reluctant to do much coverage beyond jokey stuff, like the video game show mm. what i done. Uh, because I just don't... I don't like those people, and I don't mm. want to be near those people. I I would not have done coverage of it had I still been on Patreon. I only did coverage because I I felt comfortable just walking the fuck away after I published and just yeah. being like, I don't have to deal because that's not my job anymore. It's the and kind it of sucks. game. It's the kind of game I'll never play, but I'm glad 
it exists for the people who do like Absolutely. that kind of game. Absolutely. You know? Really happy that there's a good challenging game out there. And from what I've played, like I've had fun with it. Uh, but it's just a shame that the the reputation of the game gets sort of... Well, the, the discussion of the game gets mired by these woodwork-crawling assholes that seem to ooze out of every crevice of society the moment a, a game is marketed to them as difficult so that they can instantly come out and swing their metaphorical dicks around. And I just think it's a very sad shame. And you can be as good at Cuphead as you want, but if you're going to be a complete arsehead about it, you're very unskilled in a lot of other aspects of life. Possibly uh, more important ones. I was going to say, yeah, arguably far more important aspects. So uh, sort it out. I ended up getting bits of physical ceramic cup in my mouth thanks to recording comments. Oh, God. <laughs> Do we want to get through the last couple of quick news bits before we talk Absolutely. about what we played? Oh. So there's a couple of like really quick bits. I don't think we talked about this one. This happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the news that there's going to be basically an education mode in the new Assassin's Creed where you can just walk around yeah. with no combat and explore Egypt and learn facts. This is fucking about awesome. Egypt. Yeah. And I've wa- I've wanted the series to do this for years, and I think it's amazing they're doing it because it's, it's such a this smart is the kind of thing that will get new. Yeah, this will get new people into games. You know, mm. I, it's really smart if you've already got that detailed of a big open world set in a realistic Earth setting mm. that you can just reuse mm-hmm. uh, use those assets and be like, hey, have a wander around calmly and learn about like. Egyptian embalming techniques or whatever they're going to tell you. I'll tell you why I especially like this. Aside from the fact that Egyptian history as a kid was, you know, obviously one of the best bits of history to learn about, like mummies and pyramids and shit and curses, are you fucking kidding me? And, like, gods with alligators for heads. Obviously, crocodiles, if we're going to be specific. Um, Obviously, one of the best bits of history to learn about. Happy about that. The other reason I'm happy about this is because... um, it's because of Dynasty Warriors that I, I grew a love for Chinese history. Uh, and, I, and I read Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and I learned about some of the differences between the romanticised history and the actual history. Um, as a younger man, I, I avariciously read uh, about sort of Han-era, uh, Three Kingdoms-era China, and that was because of Dynasty Warriors and the way it introduced historical characters into the game. And in Dynasty Warriors 3, especially before each level, which is based on a historical battle, had prologues that explained the history of the battle. Um, And I found that enthralling. And, you know, for all the shit I might give an Ubisoft game, um, that, coupled with the fact that they're saying loot boxes are just in the game as a nice in-game thing and are not a a microtransaction-tied thing, I'm like, all right... Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, for me, with Assassin's Creed, the the map, the open world, the cities has always been the main draw, that historical tourism. And I love that there's a mode now to make that the star of the show. I was always about the hoods, uh, but to each their own. I like like a hooded coat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like a hooded coat and knives coming out. It's always about the costumes with Jim. (laughs) 
It is. That's yeah. why. That's why it's just cosmetic is a bad excuse. I to mean, use two, on me. two even had those um, doctors with the masks, the bird masks. The plague, yeah, the plague yeah. doctors, um, and they had a jester in one of them. I think it was Brotherhood. That's yeah. a good costume design in the Assassin's Creed games. I'll always give them that. I'm I'm pretty psyched for Origins. I, I I'm more psyched for this than I was for like anyone since four. Uh, I am as well, which I realise isn't saying as much because I have a history of not particularly liking a lot of Assassin's Creed games, but I did say that the last one I played, Syndicate, was... That was the last one, the one set in London, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was the last one. And you could see yeah. they had great intentions to improve the series with that one, but they and, were, and they just weren't quite there with the tech. Maybe not quite there with the tech, but... The improvements were palpable, and it was certainly the highest scoring game I did back when I did video game reviews with scores. Um, gave it like a seven, which for me is high fucking yeah. praise considering what I've said about previous Assassin's Creed games. So the fact that for me, and I've noticed this from the first one onwards, they've all they've always gotten better. Um, with the exception of three, in my opinion, I felt uh, like I never that was a that step. One. I felt that was a step backwards. I guess, important caveat, the ones I've played have iteratively been better. Um, and and in that regard, um, with what I'm hearing about Assassin's Creed Origins and some of the Moranist uh, attempts they want to make to further improve the gameplay itself as well as everything else, um, I don't doubt. I mean, it's Ubisoft. There's going to be bullshit involved. There's already been some bullshit involved. Um, but as far as the core game goes... I'm, it is looking like this might be the, the first Assassin's Creed that I play, and I'm like, you know what? This one I really, really like. I, I uh, feel we'll see. I feel like, for me, the big thing that's gotten me excited, on top of this education mode, which is just like a really nice thing to have and has been needed for a while, I think that the year gap really helped me to feel less burnt out on this series. That too. Just taking yes. a year off made more of a of a difference than I I would have expected going in. They absolutely needed it. Like, they needed that. I think as long as you didn't make the same mistake I did and watch the Assassin's Creed movie, which will do a great job of killing your excitement for Assassin's Creed anything, um, I think the, the year break will be a very positive and refreshing decision. And more games really need to start thinking about that. And and I think I would imagine the Origins team is quite thankful for the movie existing because who knows if they would have got their extra year to develop it if the movie hadn't. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like if if the if the movie led to this getting extra development, then it was a worthwhile sacrifice. A, yeah. <laughs> What wasn't a worthwhile sacrifice was me saying, hey, Conrad, let's do a video game movie podcast. That's a good <laughs> idea. I wasn't to know Assassin's Creed would happen. I wasn't to know I'd have to watch a movie with literally no fucking characters in it. I didn't know I'd sit there for nearly two hours watching Michael Fassbender's bad American accent. I didn't know I'd sit there watching Jeremy Irons, of all people, doing nothing with his Jeremy Ironness. That movie is so pointless. And Marion Cotillard, like, how did they? Yeah. How on earth could anyone make Marion Cotillard bad in a movie? But they managed it. <laughs> and it, it was amazing. It's a talent I've only ever seen matched by Uva Boll, who can take some genuinely talented actors and suck everything that makes them good out of them. <laughs> it, there was an um, amazing. It's him and whoever did this. 
There was an amazing 15-minute uh, music video in that movie, the, the bits in the past. But other than that, it yeah. was kind of uh, Bad film. Yeah. Do we, do we want to talk for a bit about games we've been playing? Because I think there's a couple yeah. of games that more than one of us have played this week, which is always nice yeah. when well, that lines up. Yeah, I guess the big one this week, of course, is Shadow of a Shadow of War. Shadow, Shadow of Wardor. Shadow of More War. Shadow of Shadow which of one is it again? Dollars. Which one are we talking about? Mordor Transactions. Is that 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 new game set in the Tolkien universe of the the Lord of the Rings Lord of, and shit? Yeah. Lord of the Loot Crates. So, Damn right. Can, can I just Loot like, of the Rings. Can I just say like one thing off the bat about about Shadows of War? Which like one kaching to rule them all. <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> that episode is a title. Good that's the front runner right, right now. Uh, so, one thing I want to say about this game: if you're gonna play this looking for like Lord of the Rings lore, be prepared to have existing lore just like thrown in the fucking bin because they want to do something new that they're like, fuck it. If this shit's all over existing canon. We're going to do a thing. I, I think, like, the first... F- like, within the first, like, five minutes, it's like, hey, you know how the whole premise of Lord of the Rings is there's these seven magical rings? Turns out there was another one. We just never talked about it. <laughs> here, here you go. Here, here's a ring that the original author never talked about. That one's important now. Um, and, and, by the way, Shelob is a sexy lady now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she- stupid, sexy Shelob. She's like a sexy goth chick now. Did they ever explain um, why I, why she lobs not a spider now? Because uh, sexy goth chick. Yeah, they had She's their like, reasons. She lobbed, I like, did a video on it. In, in her spare time from, like, you know, stealing rings of power, she lob hangs out, you know, doing some photos on Suicide Girls and <laughs> listening to some My Chemical Romance. I'd hang out with she lob. I'd hang out with she lob too. Yeah. Spider yeah. she lob too. I'd hang out with spider she lob. They seem like a, like a real riot. <laughs> Yeah, like a real riot girl. Uh, hey. my, my big takeaway so far from Shadow of War has just been it's more of the same game just expanded upon. Um I'm not like yeah. hugely deep into it. It's did you want more of that nemesis system and a big old world to go do nemesis stuff in? Here's more of it. Yeah, yeah. and they've added little intricacies to it. Um one thing that delighted me last night, and it's it's in the the Jim Pressions video I've got coming up. Well, it'll be up by the time this is up. Um, is I went over to one of the grog barrels because I love doing the poisoning thing where you go over to the orc grog and oh, throw yeah. in some poison. Um, go sneak on over to this this orc grog barrel, throw in some poison, hide in a bush. The moment I leave the bush. An orc jumps me from behind, pins me to the floor and says, Don't you know what you've done? That's four times the dose! Haven't you ever heard of supersaturation? And his name is like something the venomous, and he's an orc poisoner who took offence at me poisoning <laughs> other orcs wrong. And then I ended up in a nemesis fight with this I, fucking dude. My, my favourite things are where you get really lengthy introductions to nemesis people, and then as soon as their big lengthy like monologue ends, you kill them with one stab, and I find that mildly <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, that's all. I had fun. I had one nice run in with someone who like was very pl- proud that he had slain me, and then as I killed him, he was like, "Oh, now you are the you slayer slayer." 
I th- I've got that one, yeah. One guy called himself the Tark Slayer, and he goes, I guess you're I'm the Tark Slayer. I'm not sure I Slayer. want to hear any more of these <laughs> before hearing them myself in the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just pointing out, like, one, one example of a thing. Like, there are lots of different iterative surprises that the Orcs have for you. Um, I'm looking and forward to getting into that, because I, I have to say I wasn't too... Uh, nothing in the game has really kind of made me go... Yeah, so Honest, far. Honestly, like, besides the occasional that was a cool nemesis, I, mm. I felt very, like, yeah, this is good, I guess. I just, mm. nothing about it has really jumped out to me and made me go, yes, this is amazing, I, ha- I, I have to talk about it right now. Uh, yeah, and I was, yeah, I was yeah. wondering, was that something to do with me being jaded on... Uh, like, here's an example, right? Like, um... What's the name of that castle? The big fucking place, the first level, and it's like the same place that the ring rates come out of in the movie. Oh, you know, it's gone all green and shit in the movie. Minus something, Minus Orguth or whatever. You know the place. Like, if you'd have told me, like, a few years back, there's going to be a video game where you can explore that in an open city and that's going to be towering over you. I've been like, oh my God, it's going to be the most amazing shit ever. And then, I don't know, last night I was kind of looking at it. It's like, yeah, it looks really pretty and cool and all right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> you know? a good game. It is. The, the, the core game is good. And I did just buy the, the shell game, uh, the fifty nine ninety nine shell oh. version. Yeah, me too. Um, and by the way... I have not accessed any online content because I don't know if you guys have played the PC version or what, but here's, here's, I'm going to read it out. And this is the thing that if you want to access the online portions of the PC version, right? You have to accept this. I agree. I agree to allow Warner Brothers Games and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment to provide personalized messages in this game based on my gameplay experience. Use my device information for analytics and transfer my data, including profile name, to the US. Yeah, like, yep, you know what? Yep. I, can, this, I can do without the loot crates. This thanks. is the world <laughs> the video games what, have become, Gav. Yeah, and, and you wait until you hear some of the shit I know about that data and yeah. what that data is slowly being used to start doing in games. Because I've got some. I, I've been. Is it going to be advertising me my favorite porn stars? Um, nowhere near as fun, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but it's not going to be linking like Shelob Suicide Girls account to me while I'm playing. I wish, I wish. Um, but uh, speaking of all that stuff, uh, I did, I did uh, try an online vendetta mission. Um, that was interesting enough, and you got a vendetta chest for doing it. I got a loot chest for doing it, Ooh. and. Very much like Destiny and the Bright Engrams. There's only one way to open them. you got to go to the market. And it's not hard to find the market because every time you press pause, uh, the market's always updated with something. So the market bit of the menu is always flashing. Always drawing your eye to it. Does it still have that cringe-inducing orc rubbing his hands at the loot box? They redesigned him. Oh, really? He's different now. They made his nose smaller and he doesn't rub his hands anymore uh, yeah, so that he that, doesn't that look like, like that worrying cartoon. That was literally the most cringe-inducing moment in gaming this year, that orc. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, He's got a name. He's the headhunter. And I guess because, you know, you can use him to just buy your orc army rather than play the game. Um, so, but, yeah, no more hand rubbing. Uh, they've changed his face. Um, tried to make him a bit more endearing and cute. 
um, I guess, to try and make the whole thing more appealing. Uh, and yeah, there, it's this is my problem with game reviews that say microtransactions aren't shoved in your face. They're not supposed to be shoved in your face. They're supposed to be insidious. And if you're saying they're not shoved in your face, you're really just helping the, them. This is why the orc was such a so cringy, because the way he was animated, it was almost as if the game was saying, yes, this is how the player feels right now. Ooh, I it can't the, wait was... for my loot crate. <laughs> um, yeah, there is a sort of... Uh, they're still a little bit like that because the cute, the now cuter rock looks disappointed if you don't buy a crate from him. He goes, no. Um, so it's like they're trying to get pity points to get you to buy them as well. Like, make the poor little orc happy. Um, but anyway, uh, it's no, they're not shoved down your throat. But that would go against the, the, the insidious manipulative aspects of these glorified gambling systems. It's the fact that they are... Like like subtle breadcrumbs. It's it's little rewards that just lead you there. Um, you know, it seems all roads lead to Grand Sora, and I've been playing a lot of Dragon's Dogma as well. It's driving me up the fucking From- wall. They don't shut up. They never shut up. Their masterworks all. You can't go wrong. Uh, but anyway, um, From- yeah, they're not in your face, and the reviewers I think miss the point when they say that because you are breadcrumbed that way subtly. And they pull on your little strings. From what I've heard, and now I haven't played this, but from what I've heard, it's much worse and much more blatant in Battlefront 2. Uh, that I'm still looking into, but yeah, early reports suggest that. That the only... That has gone full pay to win. Yeah. Like, like just, just shameless with it. Yeah. I mean, it basically is pay to win now. Yeah, they're on my to-do list. Like the amount of horse shit in the AAA game industry is so much now that just how frustrating is that for the developers who work on the games? Do you know? I just yeah, it's one thing for us, the consumers. We're pissed off about it because it's costing our money, but that's their life's work that's being just well, tainted and shit all over. This came up with um, a producer for Shadow of War. He said. It's frustrating for them because they want to announce something new. They want to talk about some new aspect of their game, but everyone always brings back the loot boxes. It always comes back to the microtransactions, at which point I have to say, like, it sucks. I'm sorry, but the industry's brought it on itself. It's like, I'll play a tiny violin for you, but if this shit's going in these games and you are going to speak up and defend them... That is what we're going to want to talk about to, above though? anything I mean, else. No one wants to lose their job. No know? one does want to lose their job. I completely, yeah. I, I sympathise and agree with it. But I mean, Rick down, that's in, the Rick, Rick down in animation room number seven is hardly going to, you know, lose his job for speaking out to his 10 Twitter followers. But no, you know? but at the same time, you know, you get like this ask a corporate mouthpiece on Tumblr or whatever going to say... Mm. Um, you know, it's the reality of the business. These microtransactions have to be in there. Well, you know, on the flip side, sunshine, reality of the business. If you're gonna put them in the game, we're gonna talk about it's, them. So, you know, limited sympathy. I can only a give little, you limited sympathy. It's a little worrisome as well that isn't Rocksteady with Warner Brothers. Uh, are, are Rocksteady work- are with Take Two, associated with Take Two uh, K Games. Ah. Oh. Pretty much Why as bad. Why do I bad. think Warner Brothers? Uh, because they are as shitty as 2K Games and Take oh. Two are. Because Strauss Elnick is no better than 
either of the Warner Brothers or the Warner Sister Dot. Warner, who War- do run the company Warner Brothers and claimed, put the uh, boxes Warner Brothers is the only company to ever claim my uh, YouTube videos. <laughs> I wish I was that lucky. Um, <laughs> Warner Brothers are certainly among those that have claimed my videos. Mm-hmm. Ah. While they were uh, working with some PR firm that was offering sponsorships for other YouTube channels to cover Shadow of Mordor. Some of us <laughs> haven't forgotten that little thing. Ah, so other things we've played that more than one of us have played this week i'm just having a quick look through you, oh. you can probably guess by now that was not the publisher i was worried about being blacklisted by. Uh, jim you you started playing golf story How yeah you, you weren't with wrong golf about story? that one. neither you nor justin were wrong about that one it's a really um, nice little golf rpg that works better yeah. than it should like I'm still trying to make the the little bowl do what it what I want it to do. Uh, I think I keep misunderstanding how wind works in that game, <laughs> yeah. or, or how certain long shots work. Um, but it's got a, a cute little sense of humour to it. Um, I love the fact that the whole premise of the game is you're finishing what you and your dad started 20 years ago. And all you did 20 years ago was just have one single golf game. (laughs) And this has been the driving, passionate, unresolved crisis of the protagonist's (laughs) life. It's so overdramatic. And I just love how much it commits to the bit. Like, I've, I've, since since we last spoke, right, last time I'd I'd been playing it, I've finished it now. I feel like it sticks its landing and is good pretty much throughout. Golf Story is one of the driving factors behind my not wanting to do the whole game review business Mm. anymore. Because as I'm playing this, I'm like, God, I'm taking my time with this. I'm not rushing through. I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to play this here and there where I've got time in a portable situation. Um, But I can, you know, once I get a new laptop, because my other one got busted, um, you know, and I've got something I can record the footage onto and to put on my computer... Um, you know, throw up a nice impressions about it, tell everyone that I think Golf Story is really, really fun, and then that's the job done. Uh, same goes for Stardew Valley, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But Golf Story, so far, I'm not, I'm still not all that far. I got to the, I'm on the second course at the moment, the uh, the the, the caveman dinosaur <laughs> thing, yeah. Um, and I'm finding all the little, I'm impressed at how much they've managed to diversify. In a gameplay sense, the idea of just dropping like, a golf ball and golf hitting games. it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've come up with clever ways to keep that idea fresh while still having these honestly rather tense um, golf battles that sort of act as the the close off for each area. Um, I, I feel like I've gotten used to the structure of the game, and I'm really pleased with that structure. Yeah. Uh, the the other just, one that you oh no did you have a question Gav? Oh no, it's just quickly. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about like uh, how many people we thought did the uh, Destiny raids and finished them, and we oh, yeah. we we guesstimated it was about fifty percent players. Apparently, that was certainly from the first one. Apparently, the raid that had the most people finish it was five percent of players finished it. So I oh. think I think that tells you all you need to know about how Destiny's implemented its raids. <laughs> That, yeah, that I mean, is, again, yeah. this is 
I, I'd completely stop playing. Like, I understand that people in the Boglins clan on Destiny um, would like me to be involved again, but I, I'm not, I'm not up for that. It's like I said last time we talked about this. I got my money's worth from that game as someone who did buy it again at the shell price. Yeah. Um, I liked it enough that I ended up getting the expansion for it, and I'm. I kind of feel like I wasted my money there because I just don't think the way that game is designed, it, it, it's it's ever going to get past the wall that stopped me playing. Um, but I, I got the money's worth out of the basic price, but I, I'm done. I've I've uh, not touched it in a while, and I suspect like with its timing of just before all the big single player releases of the year come out, I don't see myself coming back to it anytime yeah. before the end of the year, probably. I don't. I don't see myself ever doing that dog garden thing again, ever. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Uh, I mean, Jesus, 5%. That was a Destiny it. 1, like, by the way. Six, to... 16% of uh, people have finished the one in Destiny 2. Right. It's yeah. still not, not good, is it's it? It's very low. Yeah. <laughs> if if half your people are trying it and, and significantly, I mean, astronomically less, are uh, finishing it, it it it's not great design, um, and it's funny because people were like, "How can you review this game if you haven't played raids? They're the main point of the game." If it's like, not to most people, it yeah, doesn't seem to be. Also, on top of that, like if the game wasn't hooking you enough for you to want to do the raids, that says something that you can talk about in the review. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if well, the, you're like, the, the game... God, I've played this and I don't even want to... That was my thing with the first Destiny. It was like, the reason I got to review it as early as I did was I played enough to the point where I was like, no, I've, I've, I've finished the main story of this and I don't want to Here, play anymore, thank you. Here's the thing. The game hooks you enough to want to try the raid, but the raid does not hook you enough to want to finish the raid. Yeah. Y- yeah, that makes sense. If you really yeah. hit the nail I had on the, the head same there, thing. yeah. <laughs> Because the moment I tried a raid, I was like, that was same. the beginning of the end for me. That was the beginning same. of the end of my interest. Same with the Nightfalls. I will not be touching those anymore until the timer's gone. Those time limits really aren't fun. Yeah. They suck all the fun out. Uh, a game I've been playing a bit of this week that I can talk... I can't talk review thoughts yet, but I can talk sort of preview thoughts on it. Uh, I've started playing Fire Emblem Warriors on the Switch. Uh, that one I'm probably going to give a miss just because I'm not that familiar with Fire Emblem but um, I'm interested in in how it is so here's here's what I'll say about it at this stage I've not like finished it by any means and you know I want to stick more time into it but I'm kind of in a similar position to you Jim where like Fire Emblem isn't that like huge series that I am I'm definitely less invested in Fire Emblem than I was in Zelda when we had Hyrule Warriors and yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. I'm all about so, like, that one. here's here's my issue: is there are things that were observably problems in Hyrule Warriors that I somewhat overlooked because I was enjoying the theming and the presentation enough to overlook them. Yeah. When it's for a franchise that I am not as engaged with, some of those issues are slightly more heightened. Uh, a good example. That's understandable. I'll give like one example now. Um, very frequently when like big matches are about to happen and you're having the whole setup for what this battle's going to be several times there have been conflicts that just did not need to happen because the conflict entirely revolved around 
uh, this character and this character got split up. The character on the other side of the war decided that your team kidnapped this person and he's going to attack you now. And like Ugh. all of these battles boil down to the person who like, they're like, why did you kidnap X person? The person just has to go, I wasn't kidnapped. They helped. They were trying to help me find you. I'm here now. Hi. And <laughs> and no battle needs to happen. And this doesn't happen once. This happens multiple times, like multiple mm-hmm. battles. You're fighting the other side of a war. And during the battle, the person they think has been kidnapped is near them and goes, I, I've not been kidnapped. I just need to explain to you what's going on. And the person you're fighting goes, no, I am too angry. I must fight the, the, the battle. Storytelling is not Omega Force's strongest uh, suit. And yeah. I think that's why Dynasty Warriors has used the same story from the original book for every yeah. single new so, entry like, they've ever done. There's, there's issues like that that were somewhat present in Hyrule Warriors and I kind of overlooked because I was enjoying the Zelda theming, but now I'm just like, really? Another, another battle that literally just person needs to say, hey, I'm here, I'm not being held hostage. I They... Mm-hmm. This, these people were helping me find you. You could this avoid several battles. This is a problem with a lot of Warriors games that are not following like a historical thing. Yeah. Because um, sometimes, even when they play with the historical stuff, they've done some clever things. Mm. Like the alternate history routes in Dynasty Warriors 8, there was some clever stuff there. But it's only when they're working within the confines of an established story structure. Yeah. When they go original, like they did with that recent Warriors All Stars. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's I think cringy. I think the problem like, is like when when shit. they're trying to make a plot basically out of all of these characters that aren't supposed to interact end up in the same world at the same time mm-hmm. somehow. Here's a plot that throws them all together. It. They have to jump it's through. Always weak. Bonnets. Yeah, they have to jump through really awkward hoops to make any of it make sense. And if you think about it for a second, it makes no sense why they we fighting. That the actual combat, yeah. fantastic. It's it's another like warriors Muso game, and it's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good one. It's very well presented so far. Just I get frustrated the more times I come across a battle where it's like. Tell tell that person stood right next to us that you have not been kidnapped. Just tell them. <laughs> tell them I am here and I am safe and I am not kidnapped. These people were bringing me back to you because I was lost. Tell them it's that. It's like the Fulty Towers approach, where it's like if you just told the truth, this whole farce no, wouldn't. Even have then, happened. like when they tell the truth, the the other side of the army are just like no, no, no. No. <laughs> no video game has to happen. It's, like the number of times I've been in battles and the characters have had the conversation of I've not been kidnapped, I'm fine. I don't believe you. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> Just it's <laughs> because the game has to happen because you yeah. need the fight. So you like, need content. There are oh, there, those are my like preview level thoughts. Uh, I will have like more in depth thoughts when embargo lifts at some point. But I I'm playing that and having I'm experiencing it. 
Alrighty. Well, that one I'll probably be giving a miss, but um, oh my god, there's this a lot cr- this of month is crazy. Switch content. This month is crazy. Like we've still got so like, mental, like Mario uh, Mario Odyssey is like two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assassin is Assassin's Creed this month. It is, yeah. Yeah, I like think. we've we've got some Jesus. games this month. Isn't Wolfenstein this month as well? I think so. Yeah. Where you violently oh. assault people just for having a different opinion? Just because when they're you, Nazis. Yeah. Just because they're wearing swastikas. Oh. It you know what I find funny? Wolfenstein, the death of free speech. <laughs> Uh, did you see all the people getting mad about the fact that like Wolfenstein 2 had a trailer called No More Nazis and people got upset about it? Oh, they've been trolling hard this week. Yeah. They had one called um, Not My America or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and Make America, not my America Nazi make free America. again. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, y'all cut out on me and I think I spoke over you a moment. Uh, but, um, I was just about to say... Polygon famous. I think it was Polygon. They famously got shit once for um, writing about. Wouldn't it be nice if just for once we could talk to the monsters in Doom instead of shoot them? Uh, and people were like, oh, it's Doom. You're supposed to shoot them. One, one of, and now it's like, oh, why aren't you having a discourse my, with Nazis my, if you just disagree with my them? favorite you thing? Fucking. That's a funny thing actually, because I made that joke on Twitter a couple of years ago as a taking the piss, and it was like. Doom would be so much better if you could sit down and talk to the demons about the things that made them feel uh, whatever. And now it's kind of completely flipped on its head, that that one. <laughs> so yeah. my, my favourite thing I've written since I started at, at Kotaku UK is an article called Six Games That Advocate Peaceful Discussion with Nazis. Uh, <laughs> and embedded toward the end of it is a, a game that can be played in browser called Dialogue 3D. And it is a port of the first Wolfenstein where if you kill too many Nazis, you get irritating text pop-ups asking you if it might have been better to uh, have an ideological discussion (laughs) with them first. Um, My my favourite one that I screenshotted was um, a pop-up box that came up that said, doesn't this defy liberal norms? <laughs> so. There needs to there needs to be one that pops up when you kill Hitler, and it's like this is why Trump won. Exactly, it's it's all <laughs> stuff like that. So go read my six games that advocate peaceful discussion with Nazis, and go play Wolfenstein Dialogue three D because oh they that this they mm, yeah Nazis yeah and and before anyone before anyone yells at me before anyone yells at me on Twitter. <sighs> I don't listen to your thing for politics. I want it to be about video games. It's about a video game. Yeah, we're talking about Wolfenstein. Therefore, you can't stop us. And, you know, (laughs) we have as much right to express our opinion as you do all day long on your Twitter feed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which you do. Every time a lot you look at, to us, every time you look at the feed of one of these people who tells you to stop talking politics, their entire feed is politics. Uh, Honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, Jim, do you want to have a quick chat about Stardew Valley? Because I'm assuming you've been playing this because the Switch version just came out. Switch version came out. Now, I think when I first played it, I don't think I ever did. I've ever done a video on it. I'll have to do a Jim Impressions on it or something soon. Um, I, I played it on PC, and it was again one of these many, many games where I'm like, if this was on the Vita or the 3DS, boom, heartbeat. That's where it it's, should live. It's for a game me, I don't want to sit I down am. at a t- like by my TV and play. 
I, I want to be on the couch while some TV show is being like just in the background as noise, or if I'm out, yeah, I want to play. I want to bring it to the twenty pub. minutes on the train or something. Uh huh. Um, and that now it's on Switch. Mwah, perfect. I'm finally getting into it. I'm trying to get over this feeling of constantly feeling under pressure just because it works through seasons and things, mm. and I, I always feel like I'm going to miss something. I, I and I want to try and be more laid back about. I that. will try and reassure you. Um, anything that you do wrong can be recovered from pretty well. Like, if you start noticing, oh, these are consequences to something I did wrong in earlier in the game, you have ample time to course correct. That's good. You see, because I like freedom in games, but I don't like freedom to the point where you could unknowingly fuck something no, up so you, bad you start feeling scared and want to look up spreadsheets because then yeah. it's the opposite You've always got a chance to, like, redo things and to, like, do it better this time. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try and... Like, I'm trying to be more casual yeah. about it. I'm, at the moment, I just want to be like, hey, look, it's a farm simulator with these fun added characterizations and narrative elements and magic uh, so i'm just concentrating on getting past it i i got i got weirdly chickens. confused when i realized like there's magic in this <laughs> yeah they've added like it's like they've taken a lot of elements from your terrarias your mind yeah, your harvest moons even your farm yeah. bills your harvest moons um they've taken all the all the winning elements from those and combined them into something that uh, just really works and i feel has a lot more consideration for player quality of life than a lot of the other games of that type um mm. i just i feel like there's a lot more convenience it's really nice to chop down a tree and not worry about the axe breaking on me you know <laughs> yeah. um the exhaustion stuff can get annoying but i can already see how i can start building towards uh manufacturing methods to keep my energy levels up um I, you know it, it, even if i don't currently have the tools to do certain things I always feel reassured that the tools are coming. So, yeah, yeah, I, I've, I'm i really liking it, and, and it feels at home on the Switch, which is true of a lot of games right now. And at some point soon, I'm going to have to do a Gymquisition where I'm like, for all the shit I give Nintendo, I've got to throw my hands up. The Switch is doing damn well. It's... Not just in terms of commercial success. Mm -hmm. Their approach to releasing games is kind of what I've wanted to see a console do. And they are... It's, yeah, it's they're taking it games in, in that, that I wanted to like and never got into the first time round and making me finally get into them. And that's... They're basically yeah. doing what the PS Vita should have been fucking doing. It's, it's, they're doing what the PS Vita could have become a I, success I, doing. I feel like the big difference is it's starting off where the Vita ended with a strong indie library, but it also has the first-party AAA support to back that up. Yes. It's yeah, I mean it's got the Nintendo games on top of it. Yeah. So right now they're looking in in terms of game library, they're looking at a winning formula. Things um, things are good I, I, for I, them. I can't fault it. Uh, yeah, I cannot. Also, fault it. like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna say like, I have played some Mario Odyssey and I have enjoyed what I have played, and I am excited for more people to get their hands on that. That video game that Nintendo are making. Nice and diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> I know you gave us some uh, preview thoughts last time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I can tell you that uh, that game is a couple of weeks away, and hopefully very soon I'll be able to talk about how I feel about that game and look forward to, to that. 
look forward to that um, Mario game. I I am. I've got to say, um, for all of its horrific Pazuzu hat chicanery, <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm looking forward to another Mario in that style. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's been a good grip since I've I've played one, uh, and and again the I'm. Uh, the the recent stuff that's come to the Switch has made sure that that Switch stays near my armchair. Um, like, I rarely even put it in the dock to play it on the TV. Like, I have it on hand, so I can instantly grab it no matter what's on the TV, you know, whether it's being occupied or whatever, so that I can instantly get a game going of something. Um, and, and if it keeps that up, then the Switch is going to have a very nice, healthy history in mm. this household. I I would say that I think people will look very favourably on the Switch's first year. I I I don't disagree. Is... For all the missteps they've had, they have ended, or, or they're looking to end this year, very strong, very very strong. Keep the momentum going, Nintendo. Yes, please. Mm. Yes, please. I would be delighted by that. Mm. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, should we should we start wrapping up? Because I think I think we've done think did we a, start... a good old episode today. Yes, yeah. like an Egyptian mummy that you could learn about in Assassin's Creed or the Horrible Histories book, my preferred method of ever <laughs> learning about history. Uh, we will wrap up. Oh, Laura, you do work on the internet. Jim, you, How the you really hell earned what? that joke? Uh... Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. But don't ever cut me off pyramid <laughs> sentence again. Laura, <laughs> Laura, you do work on the internet. How can people find that you work? You can find that work at, at Laura K. Buzz on like, a lot of places on the internet. You can find me at Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, on YouTube, places like that. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 UK at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, I wrote a thing about the butts of Metal Gear Solid this week. Uh... I'm going to have thoughts up pretty soon about uh, Fire Emblem Warriors that are a bit more in-depth. You know, there'll be Mario thoughts at some point in the future. So, you know, go go read the things, what I've done written, and read that Nazi thing as well. Because I like that Nazi thing, what I wrote. <laughs> okay, Fair enough. <laughs> now, Gavin, I'm not in denial about the fact that you're a great musician and that you have a fantastic set, that's a, an Egyptian god, of music. How can people find out about it? Well, usually you can find me in the uh, comment section on uh, Shelob's Suicide Girls page discussing which was the best album by The Cure. And nice, if you uh, nice. can't find me there, come on over to YouTube and look for Miracle of Sound and follow me on Twitter as well, Miracle of Sound. Oh, yeah. And, Miracle and, of and, Sound. And, and, and I've got a Patreon as well. So um, if you feel like giving me a little tip for the, the songs, what I do. Absolutely, yes. If you like uh, Gav's music, then I highly recommend uh, indulging him in his Patreon. I do myself. And I do not regret spending that money. Uh, very unlike uh, several AAA video games and their expansion passes. So I think that's all there is. Um, do check out the article I've done this week on my uh, site that basically just says fuck reviews. Um, and it'll explain some of my reasoning behind uh, 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 basically retiring from doing traditional games reviews. Um, also be sure to check out Commentocracy which goes up every Thursday uh, 
as a seasonal thing. It won't go on forever, but we will have multiple seasons. But season one of Comitocracy is still going every Thursday. That'll be up uh, either a little bit before or a little bit after this podcast goes live. Uh, And Loose Boys is still coming. It just turned out that animation is very, very long and time-consuming and hard. Who knew? And we got some other cool stuff coming in the pipeline. Um, we've just been talking about what we're doing for Halloween this year. Um, our original plan to do a, a, another Jimsaw-style movie um, didn't quite work out. But the idea we had instead is... Well, Justin's already working on designing the stuff for it, which means he's very excited about it, which means I've had a good idea. Typically, if he's excited then I'm confident I've had a good idea. So that's all that to look forward to. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support, as always, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.